Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How's it going? What it do, baby? You know that banger of a beat by now. You know this voice by now. It must be another edition of Monday Nights with your boy, Cousin Mike, coming at you with another episode of the College Football Function how you doing? I hope things are great. I hope you are having a wonderful summer still. And I hope things are still going great for you out there in listening land. Funkies, today is Monday, July 4th, uh, 24th, sorry, 2023. Um, your boy is uh, one year older. I just had a birthday on Saturday. Um, it was a hell of a time. Uh, your boy had a lot of drinks you know popped a few tops i got to hang out with damn near all of my family they all come down to lubbock to hang out with me for my birthday i am very very blessed and so like i said i'm here i'm a little bit older a little wiser i don't know if i'm a little more mature quite yet but you know i'm here to talk a little college football today on the docket uh, what I'm got looking for you, what I got, I'm about to tell you about. We are going to do, of course, the crystal ball. We are going to talk about a member of the ACC. It's definitely the ACC Giants as of the past, you know, I'd probably say at least 10 years, maybe even a little bit longer. It's the Kings of the ACC. It is the Clemson Tigers. You should know that team by now. And then, of course, we are going to break down the last two matchups of cousin mike's bracket to determine who is the greatest college football team of the last 30 years it's going to be the seven seed the 1994 nebraska cornhuskers led by tom osborne one of the greatest rushing attacks of all time going up against the 10 seed it is the 1997 double j owned Michigan Wolverines led by Lloyd Carr definitely one of the greatest coaches of all time 
Charles Woodson playing defense. Very good team. That is going to be the first matchup. And then I'm going to do the 8-9 matchup. Definitely a matchup I have been looking forward to. Definitely one of the matchups that is pitting two teams that uh, technically kind of did play each other. The 8 seed coming in is, of course, the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes going against the number 9 seed, the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, the U. I'm throwing it up. You know, I, I can't say I didn't really I didn't really like them, but God dang, you gotta respect that team coming in as the number nine seed. Definitely not the perfect ranking for them, but like I said, it was a blind draw. It is what it is, but that will be the last matchup of the day. So first things first, though, we have to talk about the ACC Kings of the past. You know, like I said, at least ten years, maybe even fifteen. This team just runs the Atlantic Coastal Conference. Seems like every year they are booking their trip to Charlotte, North Carolina, the home of the Carolina Panthers, to play in the ACC Championship damn near every year. So, without further ado, let's talk a little bit about them. 1896 was their first season. They play, of course, in Clemson, South Carolina, and their stadium is Memorial Stadium, nicknamed Death Valley. Like I said before, I did the LSU Tigers last week. That is, to to me, the real Death Valley. Um, it's a really cool stadium. I do love the way it is. I do like Howard's Rock. You know, they come out on the top of the stadium and they run down the side of it. It's definitely one of the coolest entrances in all of college football. So if you do get a chance to watch a Clemson game this year and you haven't seen it, definitely do that because it's definitely up there and one of the coolest you know traditions one of the coolest entrances in all of college football stadium holds 82,000 fans definitely up there you know like I said it's definitely one of the biggest uh, stadiums of course in the ACC and probably you know top 15 in the nation and just you know overall occupancy Uh, they have 790 total wins you know that that's pretty good you know um they're not in the up in the air in the 80 and the 800 yet or even the 900s but having 790 especially over the past 10 years where they've just been winning conference after conference you know you can get 100 wins in 10 years really really fast they've currently won 27 conference titles and 21 of those came from the SE, uh, ACC conference. Sorry about that. You know, the other six came from the SIAA and the old SOCON conference back in the day before the ACC was constructed. They've won three national championships. The first one in 1981. The 2016 year, of course, with Deshaun Watson. And then their last one was 2018, of course, with, you know, touchdown Jesus, Trevor Lawrence, and, you know, Travis Etienne, definitely one of the greatest Clemson football teams of all time. Um, they have not won any Heismans, surprisingly. Uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, they were they got invited to the Heisman Trophy uh, presentation, but they did not get to win it. So that's definitely something that's going to be on their bucket list for the next, you know, of course for the next year and every year to come because you know they are definitely one of the you know predominantly relevant programs in all of college football especially like i said the past 10 years um they have one of the longest 
win streaks going on right now not consecutive wins but they have 11 years of consecutive 10 win seasons so that's up there it's and that's Dabo Sweeney you know he is the head guy there this is they are the second team in the country with that you know win streak with the consecutive 10 win seasons and of course number one is big bad Alabama uh Dabo Sweeney he is going into his 15th year coaching these Clemson Tigers uh it doesn't seem like it's been that long but you know apparently it is um he has 161 wins to 39 losses averages out to 80 percent win percentage definitely up there uh one of the best coaches in all of college football. You cannot deny it. You cannot deny that you know who the Clemson Tigers are if you know college football. They've been to the college football playoffs. I don't know how many times the past, you know, since 2014, so nine years. I would probably say at least four or five times. So they are very relevant in this college game as of lately. And also, they hired probably one of the best up-and-coming offensive coordinators this offseason they went and got Garrett Riley um, if that name Riley sounds familiar it is because that is Lincoln's little brother Garrett and he was the offensive coordinator for the TCU Horn Frogs last year in 2022 definitely you know was a had a huge fingerprint on that TCU Horned Frogs team last year that, you know, ended up being national runners-up, ended up playing for the, you know, um, college football playoff national championship last year. So for them to get that offensive coordinator from TCU to go to Death Valley, a.k.a. Clemson, South Carolina, to run that offense with Cade Klubnick at the helm, uh, be prepared for Clemson to have yet again another 10-win season. So, without further ado, let's talk about their schedule going forward into this 2023 year. September 4th, first week of the season for them. I do believe that's a Monday, because I do believe Tuesday is the second, I think, or no, I'm sorry, Friday would be the second, and then Saturday, of course, the third, and then the fourth. Yeah, I do believe that's going to be a Monday night, so that's going to be a standalone game, so very interesting. And they start off with a doozy. They start off, you know, a conference game right from the start. They go to Duke to play the Blue Devils. Definitely not one of the best teams in college football or even in their conference. But like I said, this isn't basketball. So Clemson gets that opening day win on the road. Week 2, September 9th, they open up their home schedule and they welcome in Charleston State or or it could be Charleston Southern. I, I'm not real sure. I didn't really get to check on that, but it is who it is. It's an FCS program. Definitely a team that's going to get you know millions of dollars to come to South Carolina and get beat up by these Clemson Tigers, giving them yet another win. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. They are 2-0 and going into week three. September 16th, they welcome in another non-conference game. It is the Florida Atlantic University Owls. I do believe, I could be wrong, but I do believe it's the Owls. And yet again, another team not really good they're definitely going to get some money for this game they get to go into clemson's backyard in their stadium and lose to the clemson tigers week four september 23rd they welcome in florida state the seminole is definitely a team that i've already done and like i said before in all these off-season outlooks and all these schedules and stuff i keep track of every single win and loss and that florida state team goes to Clemson and they lose so the Clemson Tigers get this win against Florida State a definitely a team that is going to be very good they could definitely be playing each other again at the end of the year for the conference championship week 5 September 30th next game they go to Syracuse to play the Orangemen um, definitely I, ha- I put a question to mark next to this game because I do remember I don't know when it was if it was two years ago three years four years ago they went into carrier dome and they lost to syracuse but i don't think syracuse has what it takes these clemson tigers are very very good they are going to beat the syracuse orange men on september 30th week six october 7th they go home again and they welcome in the wake forest demon deacons definitely another team is not in the top you know but they but they could make some noise but the Clemson Tigers still are going to beat the Wake Forest Demon Deacons on October 7th. Week 7, October 14th, is their bye. Perfect time for a bye. It literally cuts their season in half. 6-0 and going into a bye is definitely one of the greatest feelings in all of college football for sure. Week 8, October 21st, is their next game. That gives them two weeks to prepare for the U, prepare for you know the Miami, Florida Hurricanes, and they have to go to my the Miami, Florida Hurricanes, the U. But I do believe that this Clemson team is just a little bit better than Miami, who is going to definitely take steps forward this year for sure. Week nine, October 28th. They take another road trip. They go to NC State to play the Wolfpack. Definitely my team, my Texas Tech Red Raiders, went in there last year. And that is a hard place to play. And it's probably going to be a night game. But you know what? I'm going to still give Clemson that win. And I say by less than 10. But I would not be surprised if NC State knocks off Clemson October 28th. Week 10, November 4th. They go home and they welcome in the Notre Dame Fighting 
Irish. This is going to be another great team. This is, I do believe, Notre Dame's going to take a lot more steps forward. I know they had all this expectation on their shoulders last year. Kind of came out of the gates a little slow, lost a few games, but really started it on, you know, turned it on at the end of the season. And that could spell disaster for this Clemson team because this is where they get their first L of the year. Notre Dame goes into Clemson and beats them at home. Week 11, November 11th, they welcome in the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Not a team that can hang with the likes of Clemson. That is a dub. Week 12, November 18th, welcome in the North Carolina Tar Heels. UNC, definitely another team that's going to be very good. You will know the name Drake May by the end of the year for sure. If you don't already know, he is up there in some of the Heisman Dark Horses. He is definitely one of the favorites to go in the top five in April's 2024 draft upcoming. He is a hell of a quarterback. He is the next Andrew Luck, they're saying, and he is a no-joke kind of quarterback. But I don't know if they have enough around them to beat Clemson at home. So they are going to lose to Clemson on November 18th. Week 13, last game of the season, they go to South Carolina and play the Gamecocks. This is the Palmetto Bowl. It's these two teams. They do not like each other. But I don't think that this Clemson Tigers team is going to lose to their rival, and they're going to give them a win. It looks like they are going to go 11-1, possibly again go to the ACC championship again and then of course possibly get into the college football playoff as usual in their normal everyday thing okay let's put that away and let us get this ready going for the bracket let me get my papers together and let me take a sip of my drink real quick <sighs> gotta wet my whistle sorry <clears throat> okay Going into the 7-10 matchup, of course, of my bracket. Looking into who is the greatest college football team of all time. 7 seed coming in, like I said before, is the 19-94 Nebraska Cornhuskers. And then the 10 seed is the 1997 Double J team, the Michigan Wolverines, led by Lloyd Carr. Of course, we do, like always, you got to get the point system. It's how you get the first one to four, you get the game, you get to move on. You get points, of course, for offense. Who has the better offense? Who has the better defense? Who has the better coaching staff? Who has the coaching staff that's been together the longest, more accomplished, so on and so forth. We also incorporate scoring margin. When you were playing your games, were you blowing teams out? Were you, you know, winning by more than 20? Were you only winning by 10? That makes a big difference, in my honest opinion. That is worth a point as well. Another factor is, of course, the wow factor, the special factor. What made this team so special for me to put them in this tournament? If you have the better wow factor, you get the point for that. And, of course, next one is strength of schedule, strength of record. Did you have a tough schedule? Did you play a bunch of ranked teams? Did you go to Penn State and win? Did you go to Alabama and win? You know, that it all makes a difference. It's You know, you don't play cream puffs all the time and try to expect to get into my tournament and win it. 
Another one is the player factor. Did you have some of the greatest college football players of all time? You know, whether it be just at that school or in the next level, are they in a, a part of the College Football Hall of Fame? So on and so forth. And then, of course, the tiebreaker is undefeated. So let's do the coaching advantage first. Of course, Nebraska Cornhuskers were led by, in my truly opinion, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time in Tom Osborne. This was his 22nd year at Nebraska. He was also the offensive coordinator. He was the one calling the plays. His defensive coordinator was Charlie McBride, and he was there for 14 years as well, this 94 year. And then the 97 Michigan team, led by Lloyd Carr, of course, definitely one of the greatest Michigan head coaches of all time. This was just his third year down there in the big house. Offensive coordinator Mike DeBoard was his first year, and then defensive coordinator Jim Herman was there for his first year as well. So definitely the coaching advantage has to go to Nebraska. They've had more uh, fluidity. They've been together a lot longer. And Tom Osborne was just a little bit better than Lloyd Carr. Sorry, Double J, but especially during those mid-90s, Nebraska should have won three national championships in a row. They definitely get the point for coaching. Offensive-wise, let's look at that. Nebraska scored 459 points that year, averages out to 35 points per game, while the number 10 seed, the 97 Michigan Wolverines, only scored 322 and that averaged out to 26 points per game. So the offensive point goes to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Defense, this was another good one. Nebraska Cornhuskers only gave up 12 points per game, while the 97 Michigan team only gave up 9.5 points per game that year. So the defensive point goes to the Michigan Wolverines from 1997. Scoring margin. This was one that 35 to 12 was the Nebraska Cornhuskers averaged out to 23 points per win. And then the Michigan team 26 to nine and a half averaged out to 16 and a half. They were winning by 16 and a half points. So that scoring margin goes to the Nebraska Cornhuskers for their third point. The wow special factor. These Nebraska Cornhuskers were no slouch. What their wow factor was, was that they only allowed 55 conference points to their opposition. During their whole conference schedule, they only allowed 55 points. Sit on that for a little bit. And then, of course, with the 97 Michigan Wolverines, it was their defense. Only giving up 222 yards per game and 9.5 points per game. Impressive. Alright, so the wow factor, as impressive as the Nebraska Cornhuskers were against their, you know, conference opponents only giving up 55 points and they also led the nation in rushing, I do believe that Michigan defense is what's a little bit more special and I do believe they would probably hold the Nebraska Cornhuskers down just a little bit, so I gotta give the wow factor to the Michigan Wolverines for that point. Strength of schedule, strength on record. The Nebraska Cornhuskers were 5-0, and you know, with their ranked-on-ranked matchups. And then the 97 Michigan Wolverines were 7-0 and with their ranked-on-ranked matchups. That gives them that point right there. We are at a tie. 
the players. Not gonna lie, the Nebraska Cornhuskers didn't really have a whole lot. They had, they had Lawrence Phillips. You know, he led the offense with rushing for the running back position with 1,722 rush yards. Had one of the best offensive lines in the country, nicknamed the Pipeline. I mean, how cool is that? Zach Weigert was an All-American tackle. Brandon Stye, another All-American at their guard. And Tommy Frazier running the show as the cornerback. And then on defense, they had All-American linebacker Ed Stewart. But this Michigan Wolverines team led by Brian Greasy, Jermaine, uh, Jerome Tooman. He was the only offensive first-team All-American. Their running back, Anthony Thomas, one of the Big Ten freshmen of the year. Steve Hutchinson, one of the greatest guards of all time. And then Tom Brady was on the bench. He was a part of this team, but it was their defense. Andre Weathers, the All-Big Ten linebacker. No, I'm sorry. Andre Weathers was their cornerback. I am so sorry I read that wrong. But their linebacker, Sam Sward, All-Big Ten. Defensive end, Glenn Steele, first-team All-American. Rob Renee's first-team All-American, Marcus Ray, All-Big Ten free safety, and of course, cornerback Charles Woodson. He won damn near every award that year, including the Heisman. I gotta give the point. I gotta give that point to the Michigan Wolverines. So it looks like that wins it because both of these teams were undefeated, so we did not need a tiebreaker. So it looks like Double J. Your 97 Michigan Wolverines get to move on to the next round in the draft. Not on the draft, but in my bracket. Sorry about that. Let me get this next one set up for the next matchup. And like I said, this 97 Michigan team, this would have been a close game. That Michigan offense was not very impressive. But I do believe their defense would kind of stymie Nebraska a little bit. This would be like a 21 to 17 type game, very low scoring, but it would also be very smash mouth, ugly, nasty, just the old school, great way of football that I really do truly miss. But you know, nowadays you throw it around, around the block. But no, that's neither here nor there. Michigan moves on. Going to the next matchup, the number eight seed. The 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes going against the number nine seed, the 2001 Miami, Florida Hurricanes, the U. First things first, we got to do the coaching battle. Head coach Jim Tressel for Ohio State was his second year. Offensive coordinator Jim Bowman, also his second year. Defensive coordinator Mark D'Antonio of Michigan State lore. Definitely one of the greatest coaches that Michigan State's ever had, especially lately. This was his second year running the defense for Ohio State. The 2001 Miami Hurricanes were one of the weirdest coaching-led teams of all time. Larry Coker, this was his first year. Offensive coordinator Rod Chudnitsky, also his first year. Defensive coordinator Randy Shannon, definitely Another guy that you should know, he was he had his stint at running the uh, Hurricanes at one point in the future as well. All of the coaches were on their first year, and they took them to a national championship. But I do believe Jim Trestle, Jim Bowman, Mark D'Antonio, them having an extra year together, that's got to mean something. So i got to give the point to the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes for their coaching advantage. Offense, the 
2002 Ohio State Buckeyes scored 410 points that year, averaged out to 29 points per game, while the 2001 Miami Hurricanes ended up scoring 512 points that year, averaged out to 42 points per game. So the offensive point definitely has to go to the U for this matchup. The defense, the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes, only allowed 13 points per game. But this Miami Hurricanes team only allowed 9.75 points per game. So they get the point for the better defense. Scoring margin, don't really have to say this. 29 to 13 averages out to 16 points per win for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And then the Miami Hurricanes were winning 42 to 9, 42 to 10. Average out to a 32 points per win scoring margin. They get that point by a long shot. They were blowing people out. The wow factor. I have the Ohio State's wow factor was because they knocked off these Miami Hurricanes. They beat that 34 game win streak, you know, Miami Hurricanes in the national title game. That's got to be a wow factor. It's definitely one of the longest win streaks that has been happened, especially in the new millennium for sure. That is a wow factor. And then the wow factor for the 2001, you know, Miami Hurricanes was 17 players from this 2001 Miami's Hurricanes team ended up being first round draft picks. That is a wow factor to top them all. This is just outrageous when I talk about the players here in a second. So that looks like the Miami Hurricanes are going to move on. But let's get through this anyway. See how many points my poor Ohio State Buckeyes are going to get. Strength of schedule, strength of record. 7-0 and for my, uh, oh, I'm sorry, 5-0 and uh, for Ohio State and 5-0 and for both for uh, the Hurricanes. So both of them, nothing stands out. So that is a push. Players, you know, I, I hate to do this, but, you know, my 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes, Mike Davis at strong safety, Chris Gamble at cornerback, Will Smith at defensive end, A.J. Hawk playing Will linebacker, Bobby Carpenter playing Sam offense, Chris Gamble, wide receiver, wide receiver Michael Jenkins, quarterback Craig Krenzel, center Nick Mangold, of course, of New York Jets fame, and running back Maurice Claret and the rhyme and the blah, running back. But it was this Miami Hurricanes team led by Ken Dorsey, Clinton Portis, Andre Johnson, Jeremy Shockey, Bryant McKinney, Jonathan Vilma, Ed Reed, one of the greatest college football players of all time, Vince Wilfork, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, Kellen Winslow, Sean Taylor, and Antrell Roll. Gotta be kidding me. This names on that is just by far goes to the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. And undefeated, nobody gets the point there. We, it is unneeded because both of these teams were undefeated. So it looks like the Miami Hurricanes get to move on to the next round, blowing out my Ohio State Buckeyes. I do believe that they would win by at least 14 points. So let's go ahead and write 2001 Miami into the next round. And then it is the Michigan Wolverines from 97. 
moving on past that 94 Nebraska team, which was very, very good. So now we got our last matchups set up for the Elite Eight. That 2001 Miami team is going to play the 2009 Alabama, the last Alabama team. So that's going to be interesting. And the 2022 Georgia Bulldogs get the 1997 Michigan Wolverines. It's going to be strength on strength. Michigan with their star-studded great defense going against the 2022 Georgia offense that just came in scoring points left and right. Can't wait to do that. Um, definitely going to do for my offseason outlook series. I'm thinking about maybe TCU, uh, maybe another SEC team. Not real sure yet. But like I said, I will be back soon. Big shout-outs to the boys at The Function. Big shout-outs to Mike Ritter. He texted me at midnight on my birthday, man. Big shout-outs to you, man. Terry, Andy LaFon, got to see Andy this weekend. He came down, got to have many drinks together, play cornhole, pool, bullshitted, had a great time. Of course, Darian Kane as well. I missed you, Sean. You were there in spirit. But uh, shout-outs to everybody out there. Howard Poole, thank you for telling me happy birthday. And all you funkies out there, Cousin Mike loves you to death. I will see you soon, and God bless.